Welcome to the Answers from Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Lalone. In each episode, you'll hear from leaders across the world. You'll hear their struggles, their thoughts on leadership, and a parting word of wisdom from each guest. Are you ready to hear Answers from Leadership? I hope you are, because it's coming at you right now. Today's guest is Ann Fishman. For more than a decade, Ann has been a leading expert in the emerging field of generational trends, which identifies and analyzes the distinct experiences that indelibly mark each of America's six generations. These historical experiences create unique generational characteristics, which in turn determine each generation's values, attitudes, lifestyles, and preferred methods of communication. Beyond its corporate applications, such as product development, marketing, and employee training, generational analysis is increasingly recognized as critical for those in government to better understand and connect with people from various generations. And what else do you want listeners to know about you today? Well, I first of all, Joe, thank you for having me on the show. It's really a pleasure to chat with you and to meet your uh, listeners and also to talk about leadership because I think that's critical for all of us particularly young people, so I'm delighted to be here. I think the most interesting thing about my life is that I handed a cake to Roy Rogers when I was 10. I accidentally met Elvis Presley at an airport when I was 13, and I was trapped in Katrina and got out by tugboat. Oh, wow. You don't get more interested. Yeah, it's a kind of an oh, well kind of life, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you, you said Elvis Presley, and that makes me think of my cousin, She's a huge Elvis Presley fan, and she'd be mm-hmm. extremely jealous to know that you got to meet him. Oh, uh, if I didn't faint then, Joe, I'm not going to faint. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anne, why is it important for leaders to pay attention to millennials? Well, I think the main reason that you really need to understand this generation, we have six living generations in America. You need to, It's like meet your neighbors. You really need to know all of them. But this generation is particularly important because there are 80 million of them. And to put that into perspective, that means there are more millennials than there are British people. There are more millennials than there are French people. There are more millennials than there are Spanish people. So when you have a group that large in America that are bigger than countries, uh, what they value moves the market. changes the way we train employees. We have to train them according to how they they need to be trained. And look at the political situation. They are really driving this the the uh, presidential race. So when you have 80 million of you, uh, you really do make great changes in society. And therefore, we need to know what they're about, what they value, and why they value these things. Yeah, I never realized that the millennial generation was that large. Uh, The biggest one in American history. Again, bigger than there are more millennials than there are British people. Just keep remembering that fact. With those kind of numbers, is there something different about this millennial generation than previous generations? Uh, Yes. Uh, uh, One of the things that, that people need to know about this generation is They are really unlike any generation we've ever had before, particularly the women. There are 40 million, about 40 million millennial women, and they are different from any women that I've studied in the last, uh, that I've been looking at who have existed in the last 100 years. These women are living the feminist goals. Uh, They can do almost anything they want to. They're in the military. 
They're stay-at-home moms. They're the family breadwinners. Uh, they're very strong and athletic. They're the first generation of women who have been able to take advantage of Title IX. That was the federal legislation that said that if you receive federal money, you had to give uh, equal uh, equal weight to men's and women's sports. So even though this entire generation is very different, most of the changes have come with the women in that uh, we're almost at parity now. What men can do, what women can do, what they get paid, what they don't get paid, and it's moving closer and closer. So this generation is quite different from baby boomers, from Generation X, and from all the preceding generations. Huge changes here. Why do you think this generation is so different? Well, I'm going to give you, I like to keep things very current. For example, why are the millennials supporting socialism? I find that fascinating to me. So I went back and did some research on it because that's unusual to have a whole generation, um, you know, a lot of them going for Bernie Sanders, who is admittedly a socialist. So I looked at it and it's always the history of your formative years that pushes uh, a generation into certain values, attitudes, and lifestyles. So this generation had what was referred to as helicopter parents, parents who hovered over them and who accompanied them to school interviews, to job interviews, to graduate school interviews. So then we have uh, insurance now where they can stay on their parents' insurance until they're 26 years of age. Uh, they go to colleges where, for the most part, uh, they make accommodations to their whims, meaning many colleges now provide safe spaces so their feelings won't get hurt. Um, now, in the, when they get, enter the workforce, what happens is employers change their, change their whole business uh, to accommodate the need, the values, attitudes, and lifestyles of millennials. Alexis, the big car company, is changing how it wants to sell cars to people because they understand that millennials don't need the interaction with the salesperson as much as they need to be able to send a text to their BFF and find out, gee, do you like the color red or blue, or what do you think about this engine? So when people are, through their, their parents, their schooling, and the workforce, when there's already always somebody there to help you, to lend you a helping hand, to support you, it's not such a far reach to, to, to understand why they now expect the government to support them, why they are gravitating towards socialism. They have been raised with the expectation, I don't have to do it on my own. Someone is always going to be there to take care of me. I can see how that, that can affect the mindsets of millennials. Well, it does. It's not, as I said, it's history-driven characteristics. The history of their youth, the things that happened to them during their youth, really do create, uh, the way I try to describe it is I'm not trying to tell you that everyone in a generation is alike, but if your formative years were during the Great Depression, you probably tend to be thrifty. If your formative years were during the Vietnam War and Nixon era, you probably tend to distrust authority. So there is, history does influence our values, our attitudes, our lifestyles, our preferences. Right. Have you seen this impact the millennials' people skills? Yes. Um, this is one of, every generation has strengths and challenges. So people skills are one of their challenges. 
And one of the reasons for that is they are on digital devices so much with heads down that many of them have lost the ability to read other people. If your head is down, you're not looking at the person and reading body language. You're not noticing changes in voice inflection. Uh, You're not reading facial cues. I may know how to shout at you through a text by putting everything in caps, but I don't see that you're beginning to frown or that the corners of your mouth are going down. So sometimes millennials, what they've gained in digital skills, they've lost a bit in people skills. And I'm going to give you a great example. This is not my idea. I read a great article. I wish I could remember who wrote it. But they said, think about how it used to be when a family had one phone, that black landline. And so no matter who made a call, everybody in the family remembered it. I mean, was aware of it. So you heard your parents checking on the family. You heard your dad making business calls. You heard social interaction. Well, now we don't have those. That was a teachable moment. We didn't realize it. But those those kind of things, listening to other people talk on a phone, taught you this is the way to be polite on the phone. This is the way we chat with other people on the phone. We have lost many of our people skills. We've gained a lot in digital skills. But millennials often exhibit inappropriate behavior because they don't have their, their people skills aren't quite as sharp as they could be. How is this impacting business? Well, it means that business has to start training them from day one. And if you're hiring employees, I don't care if you're a two-person company or a 2,000-person company. The minute that millennial walks into your door and becomes the face of your company, you have to start training them. A lot of times they will dress inappropriately. For example, uh, when President uh, George W. Bush was president, uh, the lacrosse, the women's lacrosse team was invited. The national champs were invited to the, the White House. They wore flip-flops. Uh, these are things that really aren't done. A lot of times they will watch, let's say, the news women on Fox who dress rather more like a party than a, a news station. So they think that's the appropriate way to dress. They'll watch a show called Suits about lawyers. Again, these women on Suits are dressed like they're going to a cocktail party. You cannot blame them if this is what we present to them as normal. But the biggest thing, the absolute biggest thing, is that this is the tell-all generation. They tweet out every thought, every emotion to their best friends forever, to their acquaintances, and frankly, to anybody who will listen. So they are used to telling everything about everybody. You have to say from day one, this is what we do in-house, this stays in the company, This is not to be told to anybody. You actually have to go back and teach them the concept of privacy. Most of us kind of understand privacy, but this generation through social media has been encouraged to tell everything. And consequently, that doesn't work in business. Right, yeah, I've seen that happen quite a few times. Yes. Where somebody tweets out an inappropriate tweet from work, maybe even the work account. Yes, oh yes, anything, or I hate my boss. The legendary story is about the young woman that got hired to be a daycare center employee, and she hadn't even gone to work. And she tweeted out how much she couldn't stand children. Well, they never, she never got her foot in the door. You would think that this would be you know, just known, but 
really and truly, because they've been encouraged to communicate, they have they don't know when to to rein it in, and so you really have to say, uh, this is, you know, it's like teaching teaching people skills. That's all I know is it, it's basic people skills. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. With some older leaders, they may not necessarily be happy with this type of training that they have to do with the millennial generation. Do you have any encouragement to the older leaders on how to better train and equip the younger generation in communicating better? Well, I would say this. They may not like it, but they'll like it a lot better than having all their secrets uh, you know, secrets revealed. Look at just what came out on, on WikiLeaks. Link, uh, you know, WikiLeaks. That's hard for me to say, WikiLeaks. Okay, so you really have to, um, one of the ideas I came up with that I thought was great is something called learning lunches, where you can have the topic of the day, let's say you have them once a month. The topic of the day can be how to make a tele- how to make a business telephone call. This is one of the things millennials find the hardest in that they don't really make calls. They tweet, they text, but as far as making a lot of calls, it's basically one basically 140 characters of talk. So making business calls, I had a CEO say to me one time, they're asking me to make their business calls for them. So let's say you had a you had a learning lunch where this topic was how to make a great business call. But think about it, next month then the millennial could teach the baby boomer or the Gen Xer something great about being digital. This is a two-way street. Leadership is learning and being taught. And so if you want to lead, you have to learn to follow. So for me, I think it's a great idea to have a learning lunch once a month where they get to lead one month, you get to lead the next month, and everybody can give you ideas for topics and that's helpful to everybody, and it's not talking down to anybody. It's strictly, you know, it's um, one of the things I suggest, like in uh, making business calls, practice. Have them have millennials practice on the on their on their manager. Let them call manager a couple of times and practice with the manager. Uh, it's worth the 15 minutes you're going to spend on doing something like that to have them knock the socks off of a client to have them really do a great job. If if your listeners have ever called QVC, those people are trained beautifully in telephone conversation. I'm always called Ms. Fishman. I'm not called Ann. We don't have a personal relationship. We have a business relationship. Uh, there are other companies that do it quite well too. I'm trying to think. I've sent letters to a couple of companies whose employees were absolutely great on the phone, and that's because they were trained properly. But it's all about training in a way that they can accept, not in your way, but in a way that it's one thing to talk, it's another thing to, to know that the person gets what you're saying. I really liked how you mentioned having the, the learning lunches. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. While you're training the the millennials, you're not making them feel stupid for not knowing those skills because then next month you're having them come around and teach, you said, the boomers and the older generations other skills. So it's mutually beneficial. Yes, I like this idea of leadership by learning. I guess that's what I would call it. 
is that there are things that a leader can learn from you and there are things that you can learn from a leader. We, are, we hopefully improve until the day we die. So consequently, life is about improving your skills, understanding your challenges. And from someone who took the Dale Carnegie course four times till I got it right, uh, they don't teach by criticizing. They teach by, by focusing on your strengths. So I incorporate, incorporated this into my work. Let's don't go and, and talk down or criticize people as we lead. Let's try and find a positive way to do it. That's why I came up with uh, leadership lunches or learning lunches. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about how millennials like to text rather than talk. Uh, yes. And sometimes their phone skills need to be improved upon. Have you seen millennials have any kind of issues with face-to-face interactions? Yes, they don't. They don't make eye contact that great. When I'm talking to a millennial, now, of course, Joe, you have to understand I'm not talking about every millennial. There are people out there that have beautiful people skills. But the point is, a lot of times I get a very blank stare where the person, surely it cannot be me, so it must be them. So the point of it is, is they're not studying. You don't realize, well, before this, before we started this interview, I said to you, Joe, do you mind keeping your face up on screen so that I can read your body language, basically? And that's what I find millennials aren't doing. They're not looking to see if I'm interested in the subject. If so, they would pursue it a little more. They're not really, they're not studying the way you and I might study each other normally. So this is what you get. You get a little bit of a blank stare. You get a little bit of holding back from conversation in that if you don't read people and you only converse in 140 characters, probably your conversational skills could use a little bit of improving too. Uh, The other day, I realized I was thinking about leadership and getting ready for this program. And leaders have empathy. Uh, One of the great things about Bill Clinton is that they would say, he looked you straight in the eyes when he was talking to you. He was sincerely interested in what you had to say for the three minutes he was with you. And then he went on to the next person. With most politicians, their eyes wander the room. They're looking to see who's there that's more important than you. This this face-to-face contact can make or break a businessman, a politician. Um, uh, one of the reasons that uh, Trump is so popular is he knows how to tweet. And so he can send out tweets like someone who's used to tweeting. So it really doesn't matter what the communication uh, vehicle is you're using. You have to understand. You have to, you have to do it the way people understand it. So, yeah, I think they need, I think millennials could use um, a course in conversation. I think they could use a course in reading other people or study up or get a book on it, whatever they want to do, or just start doing it. Uh, Practice, practice, practice. It's like, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? So how do you get to where you want to be by practicing? Do you have any recommendations for courses or books that a millennial could, could read to better improve those skills? Well, I want to step back one one moment, if I can, Joe. Yep. Leaders have empathy. One of the things that makes us really respond to people is, do you understand what really I'm about? Do you understand what moves me? Are you you don't have to agree with me, but are you do you understand what what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking? 
And I think this is critical in our interaction with people, that you do have to show, be able to show empathy. So toward that, I would advise them going to books. Naturally, I would tell them to read Marketing to the Millennial Woman because that's my book, and I, I may try to make it really short and useful with a lot of these ideas in it. But I would also advise them to go back and read the Dale Carnegie book. I read an article the other day that said it is still going strong because the principles that Dale Carnegie developed decades ago still work in today's society. I would read, um, uh, I would go after, I would, I wouldn't go so much for books. As I said, I'd read Dale Carnegie. Right. Is, that, is, is Dale Carnegie's book, The How to Win Friends and Influence People? How to Win people? Friends and Influence People, right. That was a great but book. The other thing is I would pick up a business etiquette book. And I would read a business etiquette book. You don't have to, as I said to my son about manners, you don't have to use them if you choose not to, but you have to know them. And so I would have to say, pick up a manners book. Looks, uh, you know, go on Amazon. Pick up one that looks good to you. Uh, pick up a business etiquette book. We are a global economy now. If you're doing business with people in India, get a book on Indian differences in the Indian culture. You are, there are so many ways that you can improve your communication skills. So leave it up to the millennials and to anybody else to choose their own books. But communication skills, Dale Carnegie, uh, cultural differences, manners, and uh, the other one would be uh, business etiquette. This is really important that you have a firm. I mean, let's go to the simplest. How many times have you uh, given someone a handshake and it was so limp that you just felt completely I'm sorry, I felt compelled to say, you know, you're going to do really well, but you've got to improve your handshake because the, the little things matter. Yes. Yeah, the, the limp fish handshake. Yes. I mean, and that's the least of it, really. You also mentioned that there's some courses. Is there any courses specifically that you'd recommend? Well, I'm going to go back to if you have trouble speaking in public, there's, a, I think, a very inexpensive course called Toastmasters. Something like that is good. Uh, join a club. Where, and whenever someone says to you, if you go to a lecture or you go to a meeting and they say, does anyone have a want to ask a question? You let your hand be the first one go, that goes up. I don't care if it's a terrible question, if you feel uncomfortable. If you do that every time you're out in public, you will become very comfortable with communicating. Go up and introduce you to... Um, uh, introduce yourself to somebody at a party. Uh, join the Rotary Club if you can. These are places where you go to learn skills. And they're all out there for you. You just have to make the effort to to listen, to learn, to observe. And if there's something in you that you don't think is great, get rid of it. If there's something you like in another person, see if you can incorporate that into your life, both social and business. Some great advice there, Anne. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure, really. Uh -oh. uh, it was really good. The last thing I'd like to say, Joe, you, you um, had a very interesting thought in our conversation before any parting words of wisdom. Millennials have the ability to change the world. They really do. They are a great generation. They are the generation that is replacing the wonderful GI generation. Now, toward that... What's messing them up a little bit is they, because of all this support they got growing up, which is good, 
they feel empowered. They feel as if they really can change the world. The problem is many of them feel entitled. So when you combine confidence with empowerment, with entitlement, it can be a wonderful thing or it can be a terrible thing. So I think they need to take themselves very seriously and realize that they have it within them to change the world. They've already changed corporate America. Every store you go into now has a cause. That is because if you go to Whole Foods, you can't make it to the 100% grass-fed beef counter before you've seen many things out talking about wonderful causes they support. So they have already changed the fit of corporate America by saying, you want my business, you make the world better. Where can listeners find you online? Uh, it's very easy to go to my website. It's annfishman.com. And I would suggest that you follow the tweets. I've been a little, I haven't blogged much lately, but I'm going to start blogging again. And that way you increase your generational knowledge for free. But if you follow the tweets and, and as I said, go back and read some of the old blogs because they're still relevant. Uh, the good things about generations is that their characteristics never change because they were built on the history of their youth. They're only tempered by current events and by age. Thanks, Anne. Thank you so much, Joe. It was a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on episode 19 of the Answers from Leadership podcast. I hope you were able to take away an actual item from my interview with Ann Fishman. Her insights into the millennial generation were fascinating. If you want the show notes for today's episode, head over to jmlalone.com slash 019. There you will find notes, quotes, and links to the resources mentioned in this episode. I also wanted to let you know that my favorite Christian leadership conference is happening soon. Catalyst Atlanta happens October 6th and 7th at the Infinite Energy Center. Through a partnership with Catalyst, I'm able to offer listeners of the Answers from Leadership podcast a special rate. With the special rate code Joseph Lalonde, you can save 25% off the current ticket price. I believe this is a must-attend conference for church and business leaders. If you want to attend, go to jmlalone.com slash cat16 and register with the promo code Joseph Lalone to get your discount. I hope to see you there. Until next time, continue leading well.